to episode two of the uh, Logistics Plant, unofficial Logistics Plants podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony Gonzalez, uh, known as Gonzo, and I am joined by my uh, co-host here. Yeah, it's me again, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, Ian Bracely, a.k.a. Brace. That's what we're going to be with, with the podcast. We're going to call it Brace. So how y'all doing uh, on this fine Friday uh, evening? Yeah, Friday evening, man. Good stuff. So, um, so how was your how was your week, man? Did you have a good week enjoying the VPN teleworking life? Negative, negative, <laughs> negative. Um, waking up at seven fifteen, thinking that I can beat the the mad rush to get on. Um, trying for like two hours. And then kind of figure figure out the math or the the, the the best time to get on was around three thirty in the afternoon to be able to do, <laughs> do some work. Uh, so negative. That that's uh that's interesting, man. I wonder if uh um once you get here, assuming that uh the whole COVID restrictions and whatnot are lifted, um they might be able to get you a, a sipper machine so that you're able to telework if needed from here. I'm, Unfortunately, I don't have one. And since I came down with a little case of the crud this past weekend, I've been uh, I haven't been able to contribute and help out uh, that way back there in the office. Um, but uh, man, I, I forgot to tell you this yesterday. I got to tell you though. So um, you know what a gecko is, right? You talking about the like lizard? A lizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know if you like geckos or not, but there's hundreds of them here all over the. Uh, apartment complex, man. Um, especially now that the weather's getting warm again, uh, you can't walk down the sidewalk without just dozens of these things uh, shooting out on either side of the sidewalk, man, under your feet and everything. And so I'm, I'm I don't care. I, I mean, they don't freak me out, right? But I shit you not, Bracely. Um, two days ago, man, I woke up, came downstairs, and I had a pair of my running shorts on the floor, and I needed to go check the mail. And so I just picked them up off the floor, put them on. And a damn gecko ran out of my ass, down my leg, and underneath the refrigerator, man. Had been living in my damn shorts for I don't know how long. All night, I guess. And uh, I still I haven't been able to find it. Like, I've been freaking out. I'm like, man, this thing's going to crawl in my mouth at night. So, um, thankfully, you're not going to be in the same apartment as me. But, yeah. It wasn't a very fun time, man. But, yeah. All right, man. So, hey, we'll get into it. So, so what do you think about the first episode? Uh, I, I think it was cool. Uh, you know, I went back and listened to it. Um, I'm long-winded, man. I got to figure that that long-windedness piece out. Um, and some some of the questions you asked, I, I don't think I even answered the questions, but uh, it, it still was a good response. But I, I think over the overall, I think we did a good job. Yeah, man, I'd agree with you. Um, I, I think it went well. I think it flowed well. Um, I really enjoyed uh, uh, just the dialogue back and forth. And I don't, I don't think anything about being long-winded, man. I mean, uh, that's what people are going to want to hear, right? They're going to want to ask questions and then get your honest um, responses and feedback. And I think, uh, personally, you did a, a darn good job of that, uh, of giving your honest opinions, uh, unbiased, and you were real. So, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know during the recording, um, or during the actual recording, we did really well on not – talking over each other but for some reason when we went to edit it it definitely showed up like we were and so um hopefully we fix that 
I know um, we might have to work through this whole issue we're having with audio right now, but uh, but yeah, we'll get through that, man. But um, but yeah, so hey, so I know we talked a little bit about it. You mentioned it too while we were talking uh, yesterday prior to the podcast. You got some goals for your uh, your six month deployment here, man. So tell me about it. So yeah, so so I definitely have some serious goals. Um, uh, one of them, I started at the beginning of the year, which was which is my my goal to get back to about uh, between one ninety and and one ninety five and two hundred five. So uh, profile for an extended period of time um, to where I couldn't really hit the gym like I wanted to. So. Uh, my one of my goals is while I'm out there is definitely take advantage of the long time and see if I can hit that weight goal to five, solid to five, and get back to you know where I was when I first joined the military as far as weight and body body wise. Um, the second goal is I'm starting my master's in uh, marketing with a um, emphasis on public, uh, mainly because. Um, I, you know, I, I, as I, uh, but I also try to stay real, realistic, you know, um, with this recent promotion, if you asked, by the way, I forgot to congratulate you on your promotion, but with this recent promotion, um, realistically, um, I don't know how long I stay in the military, but, um, I want to make sure that my education is aligned. Uh, properly so that when I get out, um, I can take advantage of the, the skill bridge program and, 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 and do the internship. So I want to start that path to get my, get my master's completed and set myself up for whatever it is, whatever is coming in the next two and a half to three years. And my last goal is uh, definitely, uh, we talked yesterday about me DJing, even if I don't get a chance to DJ, in uh, the local Tampa area, um, I will have a setup in 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 my uh, my residence to where I can actually practice my craft and start getting back to the studying of the art of DJing at the same time. So, uh, those are my three major goals: is health, uh, health, wellness, uh, education, and uh, better myself as a DJ. What about you? Since did, what goals did you have? Did you even meet any of your goals? Um, so yeah, I, I did definitely, man. Um, uh, like you, um, uh, well, so let me start back over. So I had spent the last two and a half years straight, man, on, uh, on finishing my, my degree. Uh, I was taking, um, every semester to include the summer, I was taking two and three classes a semester and, um, and it was a lot, uh, but I knew I needed to get it done. I, uh, I gave my son my post 9-11 GI bill about three years ago. And so uh, the main reason to give it to him was, of course, man, next generation. I want to make his uh, his life better than, than what I had growing up, right? But um, also to light a, fighter, uh, light a fire under my butt, right, to get me in the classroom. And so I got that done, man. So my main goal for this trip um, was just a time to take the time to decompress and do things that I hadn't been able uh, to do over the last two and a half years, man. Uh, um, uh, I forgot what it was like to, to watch TV or watch movies and uh, read a book. So I've definitely done that, man. Uh, the other goal was to uh, to really get back into jiu-jitsu, to, uh, to help stay in shape, to lose weight. 
And uh, thankfully, I was able to do that. Unfortunately, due to the corona, man, they shut down all of the gyms in the city. So it's been about two and a half weeks uh, since I trained. And, and I doubt I'll be able to train the last month I have here. Um, and then the last goal, um, which is a weird goal to have, uh, uh, I've always wanted a tattoo. And, um, and I've always wanted to get one. I had ideas of what I wanted. And about two years ago, I finally figured out the design that I wanted, right? And so I figured, hey, I'm going to be over here by myself. I'm going to have time after work. Uh, let me find a guy and go with it. And so I want to say like three weeks after I got here, I got my first tattoo, man. It was a darn near half sleeve on my left arm. Got that done and uh, showed everybody at work, right? And then they told me, hey, man, you're going to keep going. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I want to keep it professional above the elbow. You know what I'm saying? If I'm wearing blues and whatnot. And uh, and I'll be damned, man, if uh, if my last month I hadn't completed a whole left sleeve on my arm. So I got the whole thing from my wrist all the way to my shoulder um, done. Uh, a lot of everything I have on there means stuff to me, man. I went with a hyper-realistic uh, tattoo uh, sleeve all done by the same guy. And so for like that hyper-realistic, um, I took like real-life photos of, of my family and I and of animals and of designs and whatnot and had him tattoo that. So, uh, so yeah, I love it, man. Uh, unfortunately I had a, a two days before I was supposed to leave here. I had a, my last session with the guy so he can go clean up some of the lines and, uh, and just darken in some spots. But, uh, as of today, the Florida shut down all tattooing and cosmetic spots. So it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get that done, man. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, good stuff. Um, Hey, so you talk about education, man, and, and, and hey, oh, by the way, congrats on getting your uh, getting promoted, selected for promoted for senior, right? Well deserved. But um, also, man, yeah, good on you for for speaking your uh, education, further education. So, man, as enlisted uh, members and as planners, um, how do you feel about getting your college degree or any kind of post secondary education? Um, so. I put this. I, I, I think it's more. I think it's important, more important nowadays than than people think because um, we're we're sold this, you know, military, 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 translates. It'd be very tough. Uh, it'd be very tough to get a, a job or career you want unless you know somebody, right? So. Um, I'm, I'm big on certifications or I'm big on uh, degrees that have an applied ground. So like for me, mine is very data driven, analytical and um, situational based, which is where doing a degree program that puts you in situations. You got to develop strategies and that strategy will create the educational background that I to pursue uh, the, the particular jobs I have. So, for instance, um, I've been with well, my DJing. My DJing has opened up so many doors uh, outside of just DJing to where um, a, a switch turned on with with um, with my with my mentality as far as switching up education. And I, I know it kind of kind of going left field, but I'm gonna tie it back. But basically, when I get out the military, everybody says, "When you got the military, what do you want to do?" And I can tell you right now, coming back as a GS civilian is not what I want to do. Uh, so being able to be exposed to people 
civilian world who are successful. Uh, I've actually had the opportunity to sit down with a chief marketing officers for uh, a couple of Fortune 500 companies, and um, and it just it just ignited a, a fire in me to go ahead and make sure I secure what I need as far as credentialing, and then put myself in a position to background where I'm, at, I'm getting that that mid-level the level experience to get my foot in the door so from an from a, from an enlisted standpoint yes we have technical te- technical training we have skill sets however is this what you want to do for the rest of your life you know what are you again go back to what i said yesterday what are you passionate about turn your passion into into your um into your into your what you get paid for so why not pursue uh, specific education, education opportunities to better the things that you're passionate about. Whether it's, whether you want to op- open your own business, okay, go get a business management degree. And when you go get that business management degree, don't get it because you're trying to get promoted. Get it because you want to utilize that information to set you up for the outside. Additionally, why I think it's important is because, uh, again, theories and how I think, I, I don't think the surface with the new retirement system uh, basically, you can serve for a senior extent. You don't have to retire to get a little bit of retirement side. Well, I feel like it's enticing the airmen. That it kind of entices the airmen not to do twenty. You know, it gives them that um, that it gives them less commitment. It gives them less a lesser reason to do twenty years to get um, you know fifty percent of your pay. Because basically, you can do six years, you can do eight years, you can walk away, and whatever you whatever you automatically invested. You have a 401k already established, and it's already drawing interest. It's sitting out there, and it's making money in the market. However, the CS, the the blended retirement system is now. So, um, why not go in and pursue higher education, the certifications when it's paid for uh, to kind of help one to one benefit you as a as a growing individual uh, in the military because you get tool sets that you learn from your personal degrees back into the work center but two uh kind of get your foot in your grounding and that 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 baseline knowledge of the direction you possibly want to go on the outside so it pays dividends on both sides but for me man look um my time is getting cut short uh promotion or not is getting cut short promotion you know if i get promoted again i'm gonna ride that wave too but promotion or not my time is getting cut short and I know for a fact my passion is people, my passion is interacting with people, and I definitely want to step into a different limelight soon. That's good, man. I, I, I think uh, those are all really good reasons um, of why to do it. Um, I know personally for me, uh, much like you, um, and of course, as you know, our nature as planners, um, we're not thinking about just today, right? We're not thinking about just the next two years. You're looking out for uh, for life after the military, or maybe not life after the military, but um, life after we retire for the first time, right? And so, uh, one of the main reasons, well, there was a few things. Uh, uh, the biggest driver for me to go to school and graduate was a, a very personal reason. Um, my parents were uh, uh, they're uh, second generation uh, Mexican American. I'm third. Um, and both of them had found a, a way 
you know, back in the uh, 70s and, and, uh, and 80s to go to school and finish their degree. My dad, I remember I was in middle school and he was still going to college trying to finish up. Um, and so I wanted to be able to give that to them. And I also wanted to be able to give it to my son as well. Um, but when it came professionally, one of the things that I really enjoyed about going to school and that I took from it was the ability to, uh, to interact with others and the ability to think outside the box, right? Um, oftentimes, being in the military, being in the Air Force, we get stuck on what the AFI says, right? Or what guidance says. Um, and, and, and in my opinion, it, sometimes it could stifle creativity. And so um, going to school, researching, having to write papers, having to give um, speeches, uh, having to you know, research data, like you said, really got, uh, helped me think and helped me grow as a person and as, a, and as an airman. Um, on top of that, uh, like you, um, I, I, don't know if, well, I don't know if you'd agree, but I, I'll never be the type of uh, supervisor to force my airmen or my colleagues or my peers to go to school, right? Um, however, uh, one of the big selling points that I like to offer people and tell them about is uh, everybody likes money. Um, I know everybody's financial uh, situation is a little different, but if you're active duty, you get 100% tuition assistance. You get that, uh, what is it, 4500 a year um, that we have, right? And then you get to save towards your, your 911 or whatever your GI bill is. Um, on top of that, for these two and a half years that I was going to school, I was able to uh, file for uh, uh, financial aid um, through uh, FAFSA online and through my school's financial aid office. And so for those semesters that I was taking um, uh, nine credit hours, I was getting an additional upwards of $3,000 um, a semester from the government to go to school. And just to clarify, that wasn't a loan. That wasn't a Stafford loan. That wasn't any money I had to pay back. That was based on my financial situation, my taxes, uh, my dependent and whatnot uh, is what the government was giving me. So um, uh, that was free money, man. And, and, and who wouldn't like that, right? So, uh, uh, and I'll give a shout out to, uh, uh, to a, a reservist now. He used to be active duty with me at Offit, but uh, Tyler George, if anybody knows him, right? So uh, Tyler and I had a conversation one afternoon and he told me about FAFSA and I had no clue what the heck he was talking about. And if it wasn't for Tyler, I would have never been getting those $3,000 checks a semester. So um, uh, while I'm not going to give him any of that back, I will give him the credit for telling me about it. So shout out to you, Tyler. I hope all is well in Kansas City, man. Um, but yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Bracely. So, um, all right, man. Well, we talked a little bit about it uh, offline, talked a little bit about it while we were in San Antonio. I know you uh, and your office there at IMSC is heavily involved uh, when it comes to UTC management, right? And the responsibilities of the pilot unit. Um, why don't you talk about that a little bit and what you see on your end? Wow, UTC management. Um, so, um, one thing that from UTC management, I can tell you from the jump, um, I, I, I'm even, I'm even a victim of, well, I'm even guilty of this. Uh, I didn't care about UTC management until I got to, until I got, until I got to IMSC. Last time I was actively heavily involved in UTC management when I was an airman at Barksdale and we were the pilot unit for a couple of UTCs at Barksdale. Um, so, you know, 
being out of the loop for so long, but still having a basic concept and primary reason behind um, why UTCs were important as far as the management's perspective. And then sitting in those meetings and and hearing how the chief of staff of the Air Force what his what his take on UTCs were, it kind of it kind of gave me like a on what my job was because I was like, wow, um, the the top officer in the Air Force is saying we got a UTC problem, and you know who better outside of uh, a few select AFSCs in the Air Force can spell UTC and and, and articulate what UTCs are so. Uh, I took I took a lot of pride in it, and, and and I took that approach from our former CFM, where you know how to make log plans um, relevant. Well, hey, if the chief chief of staff of the Air Force says fix UTCs, boom, here's a, here's an opportunity to make log planners relevant again. Um, so, within doing that, I, I found out I found that because um, this is again this is not being negative. This is just experience because. We have went so far away from our traditional jobs as log planners, uh, and people we, so far we we moved so far away from it. People think we are IPR. That's how crazy it is. Um, but um, we moved. We've been removed so so far away from uh, a lot of our core technical jobs as log planners that um, you know I spent I've spent the, the the latter part of my two years just going on an education tour on what UTC management means and how important it is. And then when that, when you tie it to the the big picture mission of, hey, you got guys that are sitting in joke sales um, creating, you know, force module packages based off of our capabilities and our capabilities don't even match what we actually have. So it's, it's, it's causing yeah. so many problems on the planner side to where they task at the UTC and they say, hey, base X, is this what this UTC really is? Then base X does their scrub and say, nope, this is what it's supposed to be. Then that jokes is sitting to create a Z99 uh, uh, when they shouldn't have to because of the capability is, is outdated. Uh, so learning how important we could be how important we could be as far as one of those opportunities to make people understand the importance of a log planner. Um, I, baby, I, I, you know, I, I took, I took passion behind what I did. And, you know, um, when I got there, Chief Moss was running the program with uh, Mr. Perry and, you know, we had a smooth process and then Chief Weisblum comes in and with his mentality, his, his technical driven mentality, we have, launch this program, push UTC management to the, to the forefront, and we actually have people actively engaging, willing to call and talk to us without feeling intimidated about finding a solution to a problem that they have. Um, so for me, what I'm looking, what I see out there, I see that there's a lot of law planners who, 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 who have taken pride and taken initiative in themselves to go out and do the research to find a way to fix UTCs. I just wish that, you know, everybody would get on that same page and we could probably solve so many problems, resolve our UTC problems if, you know, 
the law of plan shops find the time, not saying that they not saying that they don't that they're mismanaging their time, but find time and opportunity of a dedicated process, a system to where the UTC they have a pilot unit, then the UTCs could be reviewed on time and on schedule with the with the with the uh, functional communities at their base. And you know we could we could achieve a hundred percent goal one day. So that's what I see from my from my point of view. Um, you know, I have some negative views about it, but you know that's negative views because I and I don't want to put anybody out there. Like that um, I do think the community as a whole, from a high, high headquarters level, a mass comes across up to half. Uh, I think we got to do a better job at connecting with each other um, to to give some to the teams at their base level. But overall, I think that we're doing a fairly decent job. Definitely, Bracely. And, um, and, I, and, and you know, you, as you were finishing up there and you were talking about, you know, uh, from the wings all the way through the match comps to the, uh, to the air staff, about doing a better job. Uh, it, what it comes down to is communication, right? I mean, it comes down to being able to re, uh, to know um, uh, to not only know who to read out, who to read uh, reach out to, but also um, what's the right question to ask, right? What should I be asking? Um, so, for me personally, when it comes to UTC management, right, I've been a part of uh, a or been a stationed at two aviation bases, uh, one of them with bombers and the other with ISR assets. And so I've seen what a good uh, pilot unit program looks like, and I've seen what a bad one does. But um, you know, uh, as I've been a planner now for for some time, uh, one thing that I that personally I have not seen is for somebody to tell me what the proper UTC, uh, or I'm sorry, what the proper pilot unit review looks like. Um, and I know that uh, uh, some people say, well, no, the, the proper, uh, it is. I mean, go look at AFI, uh, what is it, 401 Chapter 5. And I think there's a new one coming out as well, too, for UTC management from the uh, A3 office. Um, and they will tell us, and hey, if, as long as you follow everything that's in the AFI, you can't go wrong. And I get it, and that works for some people. But what about those who are who are audible learners? What about those who are tactile learners, right? What about those who are visual? Somebody who just can't look at an AFI and visually know what that means. And so, um, I'll put this out to the community and to our senior leaders: um, Do we think that it would be beneficial for our family if we had some sort of program, some sort of system? Uh, some sort of way that regardless of what base I'm at, um, regardless of what MAGCOM or what AOR, everybody is conducting pilot unit reviews the same way using these tools, right? Um, to take the guesswork out of it so that if I PCS from Offutt Air Force Base or I'm the pilot unit for the RC-135s and the variants and I go over to, uh, I'm, not, I'm just going to guess Hill Air Force Base, I'm assuming they're the pilot unit for the F-35, that both of us are using the same exact tools and system, right? Um, and and I say that from this perspective, and I'll give you guys a, a horror story or a little bit of a horror story, right? Um, so uh, before I get into the story, uh, my two years being there on the air staff, I've been a part of several working groups 
um, led by the A3 and led by the uh, uh, the uh, the checkmate office there. And just to to piggyback on what you said about uh, General Golfing, yeah, he came in and he said, "Look, um, we need to work on force presentation, and it starts with our unit type codes, right? We need to get these right." And we had every single functional area you can think of, every single fan in there. And and before we could even start talking about what the future of the Air Force might be when it comes to force presentation, we had to ask ourselves, hey, man, are our UTCs the way they are right now even built correctly? And that was huge. And that was scary to have to answer that. And so, uh, yeah, just to, you know, to hit on what you said, it, it's being talked about at the highest levels. So, all right, let's talk horror story for UTC management, right? So, I was at a base where we were the only, we were the pilot unit for our aviation packages to include the combat support and combat service support um, capabilities. Um, not only we were the pilot unit, we were actually the only unit who had those UTCs in the Air Force. Um, so, I thought that we would have been um, shit when it came to our UTCs. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, when we got in there and we actually uh, brought everybody together to do a, a proper UTC review, and when I mean everybody, we brought in the operators, the maintainers, the everybody who needed to be there under mission support to include our supply folks, our uh, our folks from the um, that did our spares and our kits, right? And we took a look at these UTCs. Um, we realized that we hadn't done a proper UTC review in probably over a decade, and that's being conservative. And here's why, right? So when we think about it, as we've been operating as log planners, we've been in a very AF mindset for going on 20 years, if not longer, right? These UTCs that deployed out to uh, to a certain AOR had deployed out there um, during uh, uh, previous conflicts and had been in these areas, let's just say, for 15 plus years. Um, and since then, we may have sent a four ship there and then at some point it plussed up to a six ship and then it drew down to a three ship and a two ship and so forth. And through that whole time, that cargo remained there, right? So what do you think happens whenever cargo stays at one area and nobody ever has eyes on it? for 10 to 15 years, right? It gets lost. So as we were sitting there going through line by line of each UTC, of each increment, of each item, of each suffix item, we had support folks that were coming in from squadrons such as the LRS, the Intel squadron, and our comm squadron who were looking at the log debt and saying, no, that stuff's not right. And when we asked them, well, what do you mean it's not right? Quantity, NSNs? They're like, no, the the equipment that's on there is not right. And we went back and forth for like 20 minutes. Like, I don't get what you mean by not right. And they're like, Gonzo, it doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. How does it not exist? They're like, because the piece of comm equipment that we sent out there 15 years ago has been replaced three or four times since then. And we never caught it on the pilot review, man. And so... Um, that was scary. And I'm sure just you hearing me say that based on your expertise, you can, you can see how scary that can be. Right. Um, what would have happened if that UTC got called to deploy to a different AOR and we show up with airlift there? Oh, and guess what? 
we can't find the cargo or the cargo's got totally different dimensions. Um, so our fix as a log plans team or as a plans and integration team, we went to the LRS commander and said, hey, we need to put a tiger team together and we need to go to this location and this AOR and we need to walk the base and find this cargo, every single piece of it. And we went, I didn't go, I PCS uh, before we could get it done, but the team after me went in there and they walked to that installation and they found quite a bit of that cargo. And some of that cargo was sitting in a connex in a black blob that had melted into the floor because of the heat in that area, right? And so to me, it's stories like that, man, that it's that we have to take UTC management serious. But in my opinion, to take it serious, we as a family need to put ourselves in a position to be successful, right? And, uh, and in my humble opinion, telling somebody to go read an AFI isn't putting them in a position to be successful. We got to figure out another way. Your thoughts? So everything you said uh, in a nutshell, it, 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 all that stuff is happening right now. It, and which for me, it baffles me um, because, you know, um, there are bases who literally have not looked and touched their UTCs. There's a, there's, there's a mask on that uh, con- consistently pencil whips their dates in, 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 in the, in the, uh, just to show that their UTCs are current, but they haven't touched their log date in years. Um, but that, that is scary because what we're telling somebody on the receiving end that, hey, this capability exists, then they go in and they go plan airlift. The jokes just go pull that UTC, quote unquote standard UTC, and that either has these shrunken down or it's more than what it used to be, which if it's more than you already, you know, you know, you're above the allowance source standard. Um, and, and, um, and it's a scary thing because people are planning lives and defend lives and sustain operations based off of the UTCs that we say that we have. And I say that in that, in that manner, because I want to tie the importance to something that people think that's not important. Um, so, um, you know, we can we can beat this beat this thing in a, uh, this 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 stick with a this dead man with a stick. I have this said the saying is, uh, we can beat up our, our heads up against the wall, but it will eventually. It takes a unified front, and unfortunately, um, in my time in the military and how I, per- I don't think unity is a, is is a factor when you have individuals still trying to make a name for themselves. And and this is no no direct shot to anybody. This is just norm, the normalcy of of what it is. Is every mask on has to have their own identity, which is crazy because we're the Air Force. We understand what each mask on does as far as their their mission and, and, and the location. But when we talk using core competencies, every mask on shouldn't have its own identity as far as the basic stuff. Now the specifics got it, but the basic stuff. Everybody shouldn't have their own identity. If something works better than ACC, as far as UTC management, we need to be looking at what ACC is doing because ACC has a ton of aviation UTCs. And if they're getting work done, then we need to be looking at their processes and pulling it across the board and, and taking that same approach because nine times out of ten, um, from an IMSC standpoint, 
a lot of our UTCs bleed over. Uh, pretty much all our UTCs bleed over in different mass comms. Yeah. There's different, different processes on how to get the UTCs reviewed, et cetera, but we all need to be on the same page. I feel like if we all got on the same page, I think that uh, a lot of things would, you know, be a, be a easy, easier, not better, but easier. Uh, but again, you know, my opinion, I think individuals, you know, trying to get a bullet or trying to get that, that, that recognition of having the best whatever, um, I think that we're going to, I think it's going to be tough to get there. Yeah. Um, I definitely hear you on that. Uh, it's going to be tough, but, um, I think we can, I think we can get there. Right. And when I say we, I mean, somebody in our community, somebody in our family, um, I know chief Cooper and his two guys over there who run their UTC management. They're probably two of the smartest people in our career field, right. To include chief himself. And so, um, uh, given that they have the preponderance of the combat aviation or the aviation UTC packages um, for the Air Force, yeah, if they're doing something that can be benchmarked, but not only benchmarked, um, but taken, built, codified, tested, and then for our career field leaders to put it down and say, hey, everybody in the community, total force, you will use whatever this is, right? Um, I, I think that's the way we need to go. But, um, but definitely, um, for those of you who are listening, reach out on the Facebook page. We'd love to hear ideas for this. Um, and I and I'll and I'll and I'll 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 finish with this. Right, um, I'm not a smart guy. I'm probably one of the dumbest guys in the air in our community. Um, but I like to put stuff in analogies, and I like to use sports analogies. Right, and when we talked about on episode one about being able to sell our products. Um, yes, we're responsible at the plans uh, and immigration office to to uh to, to head up utc management but you got to have the buy-ins of those who actually own those utcs which are the aviation units and the and the the mis or the maintenance units and then the support units right and when we're selling it to to those folks we're really trying to sell sell it to are those oh sixers and those commanders so when i look at utcs right I think of uh, a UTC as nothing more than a play in an NFL playbook, right? And those plays uh, could be running plays. They could be passing plays. Um, and those commanders are those head coaches. Those commanders own those plays, right? And then when we talk about um, when we talk about the UT commanders UTA to me is nothing more than the playbook itself, right? Made up of all those UTCs that are the plays. And so when I talk to those commanders, that's how I sell it to them. I'm like, hey, at the end of the day, the responsibility to make sure that you're uh, the man for and the log dead is up to date is yours, not the IDO and not the log planner. And so someday some combat commander is gonna come to you, mission support group commander, or ops commander or maintenance group commander and say they need your toys they need your capabilities and your playbook what are you going to do when that day comes right and so um but yeah uh i feel you on that bracelet and uh yeah thank you man i i, I like talking about utc management and um it's a passion of mine too and like you it it, it, it not always was Yeah, it, it, I think it'll get there, man. Um, like, I, 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 it, uh, you know, I don't know how soon, how long it'll get, it'll take to get there, but I think, I think eventually, not even with UTC management, I'm just talking about us as a whole. I think eventually we'll get there. Um, but you know, when once you start taking some 
you know, I can't even say that because, you know, I, I'm seeing it from one side. I, I, I know we get, I know we get, um, for lack of better words, we get trashed on, we get disrespected. Um, and which is also part of the reason why I do not want to go back to LRS because I don't think my emotional intelligence is, uh, has been curved enough for me to be back in LRS because if I go to LRS and I got to deal with a, uh, an IDO who thinks they're the superintendent, I'm going to be upset. If I have to deal with um, a D-flight superintendent who thinks they knows what law plans do and they don't, I'm going to be upset. If I have to deal with a squadron commander um, who literally just don't care what his SMEs have to say about anything, I'm really going to be upset. You know, I'm mostly going to be upset if I've got, if I got a great airmen who are getting mistreated uh, that's probably when I'm going to lose my cool. And I'm trying trying to find ways to find my happy place in my zen and, and get my blood pressure under control. And I just personally, health-wise, don't think uh, a lot of plant shop would be great for me because I know I'm going to go in there and I know I'm going to be very passionate about seeing a group of two Gs win and I'm going to be about it at all costs where it would cost me a lot just for them, those guys, to, to get to the next level. So, um I don't know, man. I, I I feel like we'll get there. I just I know it's going to be a long, tough road, and and I hope we got some some pace people uh, to to ride it with us. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, Bracely. I would love to see you back in the LRS and then make it a reality TV show. Um, I think we could get it done. Um, I think you'll be the next uh, the next biggest star, man. We'll put you on there like uh, like the next Bachelorette or something. Uh, yeah, first, I, uh, or I, now, Bachelor, sorry about that. I didn't mean to uh, misgender you there, Brace. Um, hey, man, all right, so we've, we've had fun talking about uh, talking about work-related stuff. So now let's talk about something fun, man. So uh, COVID-19, quarantine time, man, people spend a lot more time with their families. Unfortunately, I'm not with my family right now because I'm here in Tampa. Um, I've, I've been watching a lot of TV, man, a lot of TV. Uh, I haven't had cable in about five years. I stream everything. I have cable here. You're fixing to have cable here. Um, I, I want to talk TV shows, man. There is nothing more other than Tiger King, other than Tiger King, which you've got to watch. There's nothing more than I love than live TV, man. Have you heard about it? Live TV? No, live PD, like live police department. Oh, oh, oh yeah, man. Uh, so um, my old lady, um, her her dad's um, police department uh, is on that show. So Franklin, so Franklin County, Richland, Richland, not Franklin, but Richland County in South Carolina, something South Carolina or Hopkins or right outside of Shaw. Um, yeah, that yeah, his police department, or he's a deputy sheriff, so they they be on that, over that show all the time. He doesn't personally haven't seen, but uh, yeah, it's like it's like watching cops from back in the day. You know, every time I see it, the song the the song pops up in my head. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I love it, man. I love Live PD. Um, there's a few things, and I hate to stereotype, man, but. On Live PD, why is it that anytime you see somebody getting busted for meth, they look exactly like somebody should look like that gets busted for meth all the time, <laughs> man? I never understood that. Dude, it's, 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 
it's just like the uh <laughs> it's just like the pictures they show you like the different phases of of meth of the meth addicts you know they they look good and two three weeks later after looking good you start seeing the the, the shift and the effect on the on the uh, on the drugs man so yeah that i don't i don't know what what's in meth or what it does i mean i, I mean i see what it does but why does it do that to the people but Everybody looks like they are in the same family. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, literally, literally in the same family. Um, yeah, man, it's it, it's crazy. And, uh, and you know, I, I was thinking about man. I was like, Cause this is live PD. Obviously, it's live, man. It's like the country is under quarantine. How do people have money to freaking buy meth? Like right now, if if you don't, because these people that are getting busted for it, they don't look like they have good paying jobs. And it's like, how do you, like, man, like. It's it's crazy, man. Like, uh, like I don't know about you, uh, your family, but I know my family is being impacted by the um, by the COVID, man. Um, unfortunately, like my sister's working a lot less hours, man. My dad, he just recently went into hospital. He works at a hospital. He's a biologist, and um, and he recently had an appendectomy, so he hasn't been working um, uh, and whatnot. But they're losing money, man. I mean. It's getting rough over there at my parents' house, man. They got two dogs. They got a um, a chihuahua and they got a shih tzu. You know, the chihuahua is thinking about opening up his own OnlyFans page and whatnot, man. And it's, uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. I don't know what he's gonna. Do. Yeah, but uh, um, but what about you, man? What do you what do you like to watch? So to be honest with you, there's a, a new TV show on ABC uh, called uh, For Life. Um, it is the, uh, story, it's a story produced by, uh, 50 Cent, um, uh, that the, um, uh, guy that was wrongly convicted of of new called the Kingpin Law, um, and the, the guy's name is, uh, Isaac. So, uh, basically... I'm kind of caught up in that show. I, I can't binge watch it. I would love to binge watch it, but the episodes were great. Um, and basically, this guy was wrongly convicted of the kingpin law, and um, he basically got his lawyer's license while in prison. And through prison, he he represented different uh, inmates. Some got some off, where he represented uh, inmates in jail that that had, because uh, you know they you know when inmates uh, uh, commit crimes in jail, they go, they have, they have live trials and everything inside of jail too, uh, to determine the added onto their sentence or whatever additional questions they're going to have. But, um, uh, doing this TV series, he's basically coming at the, the, the district attorney's office, uh, for, uh, bad practicing and basically setting him up just to, um, for setting him up so they can boost the district attorney's, uh, status for election and stuff like that. So that's actually a pretty, pretty good show. Uh, and, and I did want to tell you that, uh, I was convinced to watch one episode of the Tiger King. And, uh, I, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to continue to watch that show. It's, 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 it's awkward watching, uh, watching like, like the one lady, man, like seriously, a lady was like, Oh, it is such a bad thing to have big lions and tigers and stuff and cage and she made a statement like a, a lion needs 400 and something 
square square foot of yard or something like that to be able to run wild. But then the picture in her little haven, the, the lions in the doggone cage. <laughs> like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> man. No, man. Okay. So, um, so have you seen um, Joe? Are you obviously seeing Joe Exotic, right? Yeah. Um, have you have you got to the episode? I don't know if it was episode one or not, but his husband, the one that's on meth because he ain't got no teeth. Did you see the tattoo he got right above his pubic area that says "Property no. of Joe Exotic"? Uh, I, 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 he had his shirt off. I wasn't paying attention to the tattoos. <laughs> the relationship goals, man. That's what I'm talking about. So, so I, so, so off topic. So I got a couple of questions on the inbox. Can we throw them yeah, out there? Yeah, got... let's do it, man. All right. So this one. So the first one, it, it's uh, I, you know, Kristen Newton. She dropped the question on the page. The first question I'm asking. The second, she lost. She lost her mind. Um, you know, I, I prefer to have skinny ankles, Crystal, so I do everything I can to have skinny ankles now to answer that question. So Crystal asked, asked a question about, um, so she was saying that why, uh, she, she said, why is it that she hear some military leaders still not taking the uh, the coronavirus seriously? She said she met a guy at security forces um, at her daughter's daycare and said that the guy had went to New York for a training a month ago. So a month ago, we weren't in quarantine. We went on lockdown and then had went to train in Arizona for two weeks, for another two weeks. So if the guy's back in San Antonio, the biggest question is when did the guy get back in San Antonio? Because if I got back in San Antonio on the 15th, 15th or 16th, whatever, whichever that Sunday was, on March because they shut down CNCO, CNCO Academy. So that guy probably could have been been in training. Uh, up until they get to stop moving for the military on 16 March, and he came back to San Antonio around that time frame. So I can't really speak to that, but I do know uh, just from reading and seeing things, um, you know, some military, some leaders, you know, again, I don't know if people try to make a name of themselves or trying to get promoted or whatever, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, but at the same time, I do see have some some bases of some leaders taking it serious, some leaders not taking it serious. I don't know why they're not taking it serious. I honestly think they probably believe they but I think that that we need to go back to work tomorrow to get the economy back going. Maybe I don't know. Shots fired. So I was answering that question. What do you think about that question? Why do you think that certain leaders, some leaders don't that aren't taking it serious from from your standpoint or what you what you think you've seen? So, um, and again, I'm going to be biased here. Um, when, I, when we talk about, uh, I, I see uh, Crystal Newton's question. And so when we talk about like certain leaders, right? Um, the, uh, the highest uh, of, our, uh, of our leaders, and I'm not talking about President uh, Trump here, um, put out guidance with regards to how we're supposed to be operating um, with this. So, so I think... Uh, if we follow that guidance, um, yes, we, we, we should be taking this serious. And so um, it, it might just be, a, um, I think what maybe what she experienced was a one-off, right? You have those people that maybe um, for whatever reason, they don't have the, the right information or, 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 or they look at it a different way. Um, but, um, but, but I think I mentioned it on yesterday's episode one. Yeah, people are taking this serious here in Florida. It's huge. Every base worldwide especially those for our family members that are in countries 
um, in Asia, Italy, and in Europe. Yeah, they're taking it damn serious. Um, but okay, but I'm gonna hit on that question number two, right? Look, men aren't supposed to have fat ankles. Okay, now they're not supposed to have bird ankles, but it's okay to have thin ankles. That's what we should have. So I don't know what Crystal's asking about that. That dudes have small ankles. I I, I don't know. Man, look. I mean, I, I got I got Native American in, in my blood, so I'm very proud of my Native American legs. I'm, I'm I am uh, part Blackfoot Indian. Uh, my my grandfather's father was Blackfoot, so they're um, the, the blood is thick and strong in my blood veins. So I love my Andrew legs. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, like I, yeah, I mean, we might have to post pictures of Ryan. <laughs> um, so hey, for, for her, her other question, right, uh, about the Tiger King, look, people who want to rescue animals, people who love animals, people who want to, who don't want to see animals mistreated, I'm all for it, right? Um, I'm not uh, an, uh, a PETA supporter, but I am uh, against uh, the killing of, of dogs, cats, and especially bats being made into soup right um but when it comes to to joe exotic man these people are crazy uh nobody should want to hoard exotic animals um and 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 my big thing and and brace you've got to keep watching man my big thing is when we're when you watch the show the the documentary tiger king there's probably about 15 characters on that show right there's every single one of those 15 people are pieces of shit, all of them. And I've never seen a show where I hated everybody on that show. And, 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 and I do. I mean, the only guy on that show that I like was the uh, former Walmart gun store employee who Joe Exotic hired to be his campaign manager when he uh, when he ran for president and mayor. I thought, I thought um, she was going to say the, uh, the guy that owned the, the, uh, the spot in South Carolina. I thought she was going to say you liked him. No, man. No, I, I don't. Um, no. Okay. I, mm, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> the, the lady, Carol Baskin, she's insane, man. Her husband, her second husband, the not the one she killed, the other guy, um, their wedding photos, they're dressed up in, in, in leopard and cat print. And then she's got him on his knees with a, uh, with a chain and a collar around it. That's their wedding photos, man. It's insane. Um, I, I don't get down with those people, man. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to hoard animals. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm not down with that, man. It's uh, it's crazy shit. Uh, but I'll watch it. I'll watch it all day, man. Oh, but you know, I, I will give a shout out to uh, to the girl who got her arm ripped off at the elbow, who worked for uh, who worked for Joe Exotic, man. Shout out to her. I can't remember what her name was. She was the hardest one on that show. This girl was so she was such a ride or die bracelet that she got her arm ripped off by a tiger, right? Went to the doctor and the doctor gave her the option, hey, we can either go through two years of reconstructive surgery to keep your arm or we can amputate it. And she's like, I gotta get back to Joe Exotic. He needs me amputate this thing. And she went back, man, didn't press no charges, signed a waiver, and she was back out there working with one arm. Not only was she back out there working, she was in a cage with a lion within like a month that's the definition of a ride or die put that woman right now and send her i'm swiping right i'll tell you that you can put that on record uh, 
yeah. But um, all right, man. We've been. This is almost an hour. Uh, you got anything yeah. else, man? You got anything you want to tell? The well, so I got one. I got. This would be the last uh, last outside question, but I got one more question from my my classmate, my uh, my my other classmate, my other core two G, uh, Regina Roberson. So uh, this is a this is a, a generalized question, by the way. So everybody that we ask this question, none of this stuff personal is general generalized. I want to put that out there, so we don't want nobody to start no drama after we ask these questions because it's coming from individuals. But I'm asking this question. I'm, re- I'm relating to the person because I want to make sure they understand that we're giving them a shout out at the same time because it's a great question. So the question is: When you come across those leaders uh, above you that don't lead. Uh, that don't mentor nor have the experience. What are things that young two Gs can um, can get mentorship uh, that he or she needs? So uh, you can answer this question first, and then I double back answer it, or I can answer it first. Go ahead, man. You got it. Okay. So because I personally been in a situation um, on numerous numerous amount of times. Um, the biggest thing is this, and we've heard this so many different ways of why I'm saying, I'm going to go keep it simple. What's your purpose? Why did you, like, what's your purpose and what's your why? What's your purpose of doing, being a log planner? What's your purpose of being in the uniform? And what is your purpose of even existing around the people that you exist? Meaning your purpose is your talents, your God-given natural talents. What did God put you on earth for? And you can and you can implement that, and you can, you know, connect that with your 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 military obligation. Second, your why? Why are you doing the job that you're doing? What are the ob- objectives? So once you understand those those things that you that you understand, especially your purpose, um, from the mentorship standpoint, I'm honestly I'm gonna be real with everybody out here. I didn't seek majority of my mentorship. From 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 uh, fellow lock planners. I'm I'm sorry I didn't because um, after I I just got that left Barksdale, but and when I was at Yakota, I had I had two two senior CEOs that I trusted within the career field. But Barksdale was about hands down when I say leadership wise, from commander on group commander, wing commander on down to the senior airman that was in charge of me. Um, Great was was like the best. Like I missed it. I was full. Um, then Japan was really good. Um, but from 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 what I from what I'm saying is I seek mentorship. I, I connected with leaders outside of my I, I career field mainly because I saw what they were doing with their people, and I was yearning for that because I wasn't getting that type of support, that uh, inspiration from in, from internal. You know, uh, because again, that when I was in, it was a dynamic shift of kill, stab everybody to get to the top, and we're small career field. So of course, uh, once you kill, stab everybody, uh, everybody knows you kill, stab and kill, stab whoever you need to get to get killed and stab and get to the top. So uh, seek inf- seek help, or seek mentorship, or seek guidance, or seek connection outside of the outside of the career field, uh, hands down. Now, with that being said, we do have some great people in the career field. It's just you just have to look, look up and find them. Um, and, and, and don't be afraid to say something to them and reach out to them. But my opinion, 
what 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 kept me going when when I was dealing with the uneducated leadership, or when I was when I had bad experiences with my leaders, um, because I knew I had a commitment to the uniform and I didn't want my money being being messed with. I connected with uh, leaders outside of my, my my direct community, and when I say direct community, outside of LRS is. I just don't feel like LRS is a place for me. Um, so that's what I did. Thanks for that, Bracely. That's, um, that's what I recommend. Yeah, no, that's some great, valuable advice there, man. Um, uh, I would say maybe I'm the one-off here, right? Um, in my military career, uh, both maintenance and log plans, I've never had a bad supervisor. I've never had a commander that ain't care. Um, I've been very privileged in that. Um, now that's not to say that I haven't met people who didn't care about other people. I haven't met people that were out looking out for themselves and themselves only. Right. Um, but here's what I'll say to that. Right. And I'm a very, I'm maybe I'm just a little too optimistic. Um, I don't care how smart or how dumb or how ignorant or how rude or how nice or how mean somebody is. Um, Every human being that you come into contact with, you can learn from them, right? And every human being has something to add. Um, so uh, I look at every opportunity to meet somebody, regardless of rank, regardless of color, color, race, sex, gender, whatnot, um, to learn from them, right? Um, and so, uh, like Bracely said, just don't limit yourself within the career field or our family to looking for mentors. Go out there, look at other career fields, look at other functional areas. Um, in order to do that, get out and be a part of some groups on base, especially for the young airmen, right? Young airmen in the dorms, get out there and meet your other dorm mates. And, and when I say meet with them, just don't go hang out with them and freaking drink on the weekends. Go out there and get part, uh, become part of their teams and, 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 and learn what they know. Um, from what I've seen in my short time in the career field, so many of our current senior mass sergeants and chiefs grew up with each other, right? And they had each other there to learn from. Um, do that and but do that outside of the career field and, and 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 i promise you every single log plans base that we have out there total force if you're the new person whether you're getting somebody straight out of you're straight out of tech school yourself or you're somebody ecsing in as soon as you get in on the ground look for that one person in the office that's the go-to right um i will tell you they're not always going to be the highest ranking they're not always going to be the smartest and they're not always going to be um, uh, the most outgoing or, the, or they, some cases they might be an introvert. But look at the person that when the chips are down, when stuff needs to get done, the rest of the people turn their heads and they look to and, and latch on to that person. Right. Because that's who you want to emulate. That's who you want to be. Um, and if at the end of the day, you just so happen to be at a base where there is no mentorship, there is no people to teach you, there is um, whatever toxic um, uh, uh, morale or leadership in there. If you come into work every day and you answer one of two questions, you will be successful. Question one, what can I do to better the team? And question two, what can I do to better myself? Every day, you're gonna, your first priority is to better the team. And then if there's something that you can't do that day or if all the work's done, what can you do to make yourself stronger, man? Do that and I promise you from the bottom of my heart, you will have a successful career. Great, great points, man. Great points. Definitely great points. And then I have one last question also from Regina. This is a good one, too. 
is when you've been through a, a rough assignment, is it possible to bounce back? And for me, hell yes. Um, again, I'm not I'm not in an assignment to please one person. I'm in an assignment to do a job, wherever that job may be, wherever God or or uh, your deity is, um, you know, reveals to you and, and drives you and guides you. Uh, of course, you're going. To, he's not going to give it to you easy, but um, I'm there to serve a purpose. And that's how I said, I'm going to learn what my purpose is after going through what I go through uh, with my rough patches. So I would just say um, one assignment, and I'm, again, guys, I'm not going to be specific because you told me not to, but one assignment was that was yeah. the assignment that grew me uh, because one, I couldn't, I, I couldn't stand the audio. I didn't even understand how this guy even got to be the audio. Uh, and two, um, the, the the base didn't know anything about deployment because uh, the the audio essentially ran the work center like it was IPR, and everything was done for the deployer as well as the UDM. So we we basically essentially were the UDM. To me, I'm not going to be a UDM. We're hands down. So I don't I really don't care. So I took it upon myself to where okay. The, the, the machine was running perfectly fine. The job was getting done. Hey, that's what y'all want to do? Cool. I'm not doing that. But so I'm going to take the opportunity to develop myself as a leader. Um, and I got involved in so many things that in turn uh, put me in a position to where I eventually became a squad superintendent to where I was able to lead people, one from a not by standpoint, and with a ton of information and a ton of resources to help get a group of NCOs and airmen who did not want to be at this particular location motivated to be to, to do their job. Why? Because I helped them understand what their purpose was and how it was connected to the mission. I know that sounds blue, but to be honest with you, when you in when you're in a situation like what we're into where it's just with just redundant and it's a place where you don't want to be, guess what? The only thing you got if you don't have family is to connect to that mission and learn your purpose and learn your why and engulf yourself in there because one time ago by fast and two, um, time will, by, by the time you look up, it'll be time to get out of it. So how do you bounce back? You get to that next duty station and you just, you, you keep your heart pure. You stay positive. The Air Force changes with every every duty location. Why? Because people change when you go different, you go different duty locations. Sometimes you get there and you may help, you may run up on a person that was your supervisor that you worked with at a previous location that you didn't have that you didn't have the best relationship with. But guess what? You're not there for them. Again, once you realize you're not there for the individuals that's causing you havoc or grief, then I guarantee you you'll look at things from a different perspective. So that's my take on it. So how would you bounce back? Or how did, do you think it's possible for you to bounce back from a rough assignment, Gonzo? Uh, definitely, man. And just to echo your points, man, uh, you, you got to get in there and and, and what's the mission, right? Um, of course, um, in, in the rank that we are, right, senior NCOs and, and soon to be uh, senior master sergeants, um, our priority is the people, right? But um, I'm very uh, a mission-focused guy, right? Um, you're going to have people in the office that may not care. You're going to have uh, maybe an IDO who has different beliefs or personality that you, but um, as long as everybody, regardless of their own personal biases or in, in, internal, um, you know, strife is focused on the mission, 
um, that's what matters. And so um, I, I definitely think you can bounce back. Um, again, I'm very customer service focused. I'm very much about the log plants product. Focus on that. Focus on what I can do to make the lives of the people and my customers easier and better. Um, and if you fo- and I believe this is a, my personal belief, if you do that and you focus on the mission and you focus on helping your customers, um, you're going to come away with a, a, a less than desirable assignment or situation. You're still going to come away um, with uh, some fulfillment inside, man. But um, but yeah, man, a great response on our last question, Grace Lee. And um, damn, man. So this yeah. is episode number two. I think this one went pretty well, man. I'm, uh, I apologize for the... Um, uh, for some of the editing on episode number one, uh, for some reason, it's going to sound in the, in the episode that Bracely and I are talking over each other. We didn't during the recording, but um, it's showing up like that. And uh, and during this recording, for some reason on my end, when I'm talking, it sounds like a lot of cracking. So I apologize for that. But um, we'll get better. And definitely it looks like we have a couple of people that want to call in. Um, it looks like we have some more of our uh, retirees off the log plans past, present, and future page I want to call in. So I'm definitely look, looking forward to that. It looks like uh, Chris Clark wants to be on episode number three, so we need to make that happen um, and and go from there, man. But uh, what do you got? Hey, you take uh, us out, basically. One, one thing is, man, I, lo- I love what we do. I love everybody that's, that's a part of us. Even if I can't stand you, I still got love for you. And, you know, uh, great questions from, um, from Crystal and Regina biggest thing is we got to get the facts uh and second thing is is uh, everything is everything is temporary everything works in the season so uh once you understand your purpose your why and, you, and you're grounded um and this is for everybody man once you understand your purpose and you know your why i guarantee you the craziness and the the, the irritable uh the irritable um approaches from people outside of you uh won't bother you as much um We've all had bad assignments. We've all had bad locations. Well, not all of us. I ain't going to say no names. I feel like two individuals about to get some really good uh, really back to back to back to back uh, assignments. <laughs> um, I can throw no shots coming from Japan, but it is what it is. Uh, but um, no, um, but definitely just, you know, um, take everything as a lesson, approach it as a lesson, approach it as, as a gift. In disguise, and I get. If you understand how important you are to you and the people around you, things bouncing back will be so much easier uh, when you know that certain issues or problems weren't you. So I appreciate the time again, Gonzo. Uh, sorry for being long-winded when I talk sometimes, but I feel like I have to connect real-life situations with the questions uh, to kind of better answer it to have an understanding because I'm slow like that. Um, but other than that, man, I'm looking forward to episode three. I'm looking forward to having Clark on here. Uh, I'm looking forward to having anybody else that wants to jump on retirees so we can get some of that old stank back into the conversation. Uh, so definitely, man, appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bracely. Couldn't say better as myself, man. Hey, everybody out there, you guys take care. Stay safe, and we'll see you on episode three.